listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much, Mikhail. That was beautiful. And uh, thanks to Carol and, and the band. I love those songs. I I don't think I'd ever heard that rendition of Love Divine's All Love Excelling, but I, would, I wouldn't mind hearing it in. That was the first hymn, yeah? Yes? You, rec- you recognized it, kind of? <laughs> and then um, singing the creed and singing the prayer. And then this song about, about deliverance, about the hard times. Like, after Easter and Easter tide, we get a lot of texts that are kind of up. And you might think, man... Uh, that song, that didn't sound very up. <laughs> that sounded kind of down. How does that have to do with Easter, right? Or the Easter time? But that is kind of where we find ourselves, right? Like we know the Lord has been resurrected, but we still have our lives, and our lives can be kind of difficult, and sometimes more than difficult. And we live in that um, tension, that struggle between the promise of the new life and sometimes the, the lack of the realization of it. And the Lord's Prayer, I think, um, teaches us to pray right at that point, that point of tension between the promise of the new life and kind of waiting for the realization of that new life, right? Because Jesus taught us to pray, and he taught us to pray in the first person plural. The Lord's Prayer is not a prayer that we just kind of pray unto ourselves. It's not uh, my Father that is in heaven And it's not forgive me or give me my daily bread, um, lead me not into temptation, right? It's always in the plural. It's our Father, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. The the let your kingdom come and the let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is a a petition, really. um, But because I think it's expressed still in the first person, there's this hope. But there's also this kind of realization that the kingdom of God and that the will of God is somehow on its way, but not yet completely realized. So that's an interesting thing. And it might even, that might even rub uh, against some of your, your thoughts about who God is and how that works, right? Isn't everything just kind of God's will? Well, eventually, I think the answer is yes. But between now and then, I don't think we've realized that yet. And I think the song that, that Mikkel just sung speaks to that, that we are kind of in the world, and the world that we're in now is like a womb, and we're waiting to be born into a new life, and that new life will be like Jesus' resurrected life. That life will be a life without tears, without pain, without sorrow, without death. But we're not quite there yet, which is why Jesus taught us to pray, let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if I'm not misunderstanding the prayer, the expectation there is that the kingdom of God is established in heaven. The will of God is established in heaven. And all of that is coming to earth. In fact, That is how Jesus defined the gospel. Uh, The gospels say Jesus came preaching the gospel, the good news. And what did he preach? He preached the kingdom of God is at hand. Like, here comes the kingdom. It's why Jesus, 
was always celebrating. Kind of, we see him eating with everyone, right? We see him eating with the Pharisees, he eats with his disciples, he eats with tax collectors, he eats with sinners, he eats with prostitutes. Like Jesus is eating with everyone, and the reason he's always eating, right, is because he's celebrating his good news. It's not the time, like at one point, someone asked him, hey, Jesus, why is it that John the Baptist's disciples fast and the Pharisees' disciples fast, and your disciples, they just don't fast. They're, they like eat all the time. And, and Jesus responded. He's like, you don't start a fast at a wedding reception, right? Like there's time for fasting and there's time for feasting. And you don't start fasting at a wedding reception. At a wedding reception, you eat. Like now's the time to celebrate. And he's kind of saying, this is what we've been waiting for. So now's the time to feast, and so he's using, he's using the table, he's using the meal as a form of celebrating the very coming of the kingdom. But the coming of the kingdom comes in a way that we could not quite have expected, right? Because the coming of the kingdom comes through the death and then the resurrection of Jesus. And so we too are kind of in that, I don't know, cycle, right? We're... We're after Easter, so we are celebrating the resurrection, but we're still praying the Lord's Prayer. We, we are confessing, even in that second song, I believe in God the Father Almighty, and I believe in Jesus the Son, and I believe in the Spirit. They believe they're three in one. I believe in the resurrection, both the resurrection of Jesus and in the future resurrection of people, right, of us, that we will come to that point. So we believe this in our baptisms as we go down into the water, we are dead to sin and all those things. And as we come out of the water, we come out of the water set free, liberated from sin. And that anticipates a, another freedom that will happen when we come out of the grave and we'll be set free from death. But there's, again, there's this time in between. The time in between when we're set free from sin and the ultimate time when we're set free from death. And I think that's, again, the song that Mikkel sang for us about deliverance. It's about that time, right? So Carol had a prophetic word for us earlier when she kind of spoke or named that sense of brokenness that, that someone either here or in the live stream is feeling. And if that's you, then I, I want you to hear this, that the, the brokenness is not eternal, that there's a wholeness that comes after it. That there's a work of God that moves us, right? There's an answer to the prayer about the kingdom coming and the will being done on earth, right? There is, there is a deliverance, uh, again, which is the song that Mikkel sang. There is a new birth out of which we will be born from the old creation into the new creation. And if I, if I can be so bold, I believe that that birth from the old creation to the new creation and from the womb of the world out into the new world, the new creation, begins now. It's not just something that's in the future. It's something that is already in the present. Like, we receive forgiveness now. We receive God's love and grace now. And that transforms us into people of love and forgiveness and mercy and grace and justice. So that when we embody God's reality in, in, in this life, right? It is, the, it is the beginning of the next life. 
Again, if, our, if we take our baptism seriously, our death is behind us. And only life is in front of us. Our physical death is but a doorway that just kind of moves us into the next section of our life. It, any, any sense of real death happened in the water, and again, is back there. And so what we have now to look forward to is this new life. And Jesus, in the gospel passage today, Jesus instructed his disciples, which I then, as we're reading that or hearing that today, we should place ourselves then in that role, right? We're just the next generation, or maybe, if you, maybe more than just the next generation. We're, we're you know, whatever, the 50th generation uh, past this, but we're part of that group where he says that I've got a new commandment for you, and that is that you would love one another. When we follow Jesus' commandment of loving one another, we start to live in the new creation. When we love one another, we, we start to realize what the resurrection life looks like. When we love one another, we start to be the agents of healing of the brokenness. And that leads us toward something new. It leads us toward something in the future. And the, the epistle reading for the day, the one that came out of the book of Revelation, I think is a vision of just that. So John has a vision, and this is the very end of Revelation. This is like Revelation 21 and 22. 21 this week, 22 is next. The final vision of Revelation, the end of the book, is a story about the descension, descension? About the descent of the heavenly kingdom, right? The holy city, the new Jerusalem. It comes down. Now, perhaps you've heard the gospel told that we're going to leave earth behind and go off somewhere else, right? You've heard that before, right? You come, you confess your sins, you're forgiven of your sins, so that in the end you don't go to hell, instead you go to heaven. But the problem with that is, is that that's not quite what Scripture teaches us. What Scripture teaches us is that in the end, it's heaven that comes down. Like the final vision of Revelation is not an ascension where we're all swooped up and carried somewhere else, you know, somewhere over the rainbow, like Dorothy, or far, far away in some other galaxy, like Luke Skywalker, or where no one has gone before, right, like Star Trek. Or there's probably another one. I'm, I'm losing my, my cultural references. But this is, this is what happens. The final vision in Revelation is God's holy city, the new Jerusalem, all the joy and all the peace and all the life comes down and it transforms the old creation into a new creation. And the gates of the city are never shut. And God is, God is immediate. He's, we have complete access. And Jesus is there and the Spirit is there and we will be there. And it's not so much, again, of us having to get somewhere else but that God comes to us. Which is great because we can't actually get somewhere ourselves anyway. But we can trust that God would come and find us. And so Jesus announced the, good, the kingdom of God is at hand. Here comes the kingdom of God. He taught his disciples to pray. 
Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He told them to love one another. Start living now like you already live in the kingdom that is coming. And then in the very end, he gives this vision. By the Spirit of God, this vision is given to John the Revelator. And at the very end, he sees the descent of the New Jerusalem, which I believe is the very answer to the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught us to pray all these years, all these centuries, all these Christians have been praying, let your kingdom come and let your will be done. And John says, hey, I had a vision of how this thing ends. And the way it ends is that the kingdom of God and the will of God comes down. The prayer is answered. And the brokenness is made whole. And the sickness is healed. Even death itself, you know, dies. And all we get is life. A new life. A resurrected life. And that's the hope. That's the promise. So we, we titled today, A New Commandment for a New Creation. So the new commandment is love. The new creation is the kingdom of God that's coming. And what I believe is that that newness is something we can already participate in. And so we do. We do that by our service, by, by our love, by our actions, by how, how we now embody that presence of Christ in the world. We even, we even say such things when we receive communion, right? We pray that God's presence would come down on these elements and that they would become the body and blood of Christ so that as we partake them, that we would become the body of Christ and sent out into the world. That's the good news. Not only that we are being saved or rescued or liberated, right? But, and this is key, I think. It's very important for us, Oasis, is that we're not so much being saved from the world as we are being saved for the world. And that being saved for the world is that we get to be part of God's family who then becomes the agents of those to serve the others. And that's good news. That's, that's the gospel not just for us then, but then through us that we get to participate in. And so I'm, I'm at least grateful. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And uh, not to make light of the difficulties of these times. I know we're, we'll come here in a minute to the prayers of the people and there will be serious needs that will be expressed. But we serve a serious God who meets those needs. And the joy that God can give us in the midst of all these things really is the strength that will keep us going through this intermediate time. And the hope that God gives us will expand our imaginations to, to just even think that there could be something better than what we have, better than what we could hope for. <laughs> hope to give us something, an imagination that even our hope is, is, lacks the fullness of imagination of what can come. Listen, understand what I tried to say there, not exactly what I did say there. <laughs> so, I want you to come. I want you to um, receive um, this good news.
and I, and I want you to engage in the prayers of the people, in the exchanging of peace, and in the receiving of God's grace. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.